Hi all, and welcome back to Blackbeard's Babble once again for episode 8. It's me, Marps, and I'm on my own once again today because Cal is up in sunny Carlisle, back in Biscuitland. So uh, I'll be babbling away to myself again today. So, I keep seeing... I say I keep seeing, I've seen about three different videos. People keep sending me TikTok videos. I'm not a TikToker person, but people send me TikTok videos, etc., and other platforms um, of Americans attempting to make tea. Um, and it really, really gets under my skin. Um, so this is probably about the most British podcast that you will ever hear um so we're going to discuss that or i'm going to discuss it um over the next however long it takes me to rant about it let's dive in so the first thing that i want to talk about with this american tea nonsense is firstly i think the americans understand loose leaf tea i think they do because all the videos i've seen they seem to tear open or cut the top off the tea bag and pour the little flakes of tea into the boiling water and i kind of get that but it's stupid i mean it's in a bag for a reason the the tea bag was invented by accident but we use them it's you know and they use the world over. It's not just the thing. Also, when you use a tea bag, if you've got like a posh tea bag, they have a string and a bit of cardboard on. That's for you to hold on to. It's quite a simple concept, really. It's a little handle for it. Don't cut it off, idiots. When I say idiots, I mean that in the friendliest possible way. Um, of course. I'm not actually calling any one person an idiot apart from that person that cut the string off the tea bag. What else do they do? Oh yeah. So what they what I have seen is they put the get the boiling water and they empty the tea bag into the boiling water. Well, if you were drinking loose leaf tea, you still wouldn't do that. You would put the loose leaf into an empty pot and then pour the water in and allow it to dissipate through the water evenly to get yourself a nice strong brew that's how it works but generally we don't use teapots anymore unless it's a special occasion you know or we're going for afternoon tea because that you know we still do that in england if you're civilized obviously um yeah just just stop doing the silly things if you don't know how to make tea then quite simply Go out there and ask someone. Ring up England and say, Hey, England, how do I make tea? Well, someone will be able to tell you. Ring up Sean Bean. He does it for Yorkshire. He knows. Or the PG Tips Monkey. And don't cancel me because of that. The PG Tips Monkey was... A staple part of the British uh, advertising campaigns for a lot, a lot of years. They actually had monkeys drinking tea. Um, 
not quite sure how that would sit nowadays, but that was a thing. And they, they knew how to make tea. The monkeys knew how to make tea. I saw it on the advert in colour when I was a kid, so it's definitely true. But don't make a video saying, we're making Britishers tea. What's a Britisher, for starters? We're British people, or we're English, Irish, Scottish, or Welsh. Scottish, not Scotch. Hey, are you Scotch? No, they're not Scotch. They're Scottish. So you can stop that. And also, while I'm on the subject... Why do Americans, right, you see it on TV shows, a lot of TV shows that I watch, like Forged in Fire is a great example. Why do Americans go, I'm wearing my kilt today because I'm 19th generation Scottish. You're about as Scottish as blooming Captain America. Quite literally, you know... Even Scottish people don't wear kilts on a daily basis. They're, they're formal wear. I don't know if you know this, America. I'm talking to you specifically, America. Kilts are formal wear for the Scots. They don't just walk around in skirts, randomly, like with a pair of hobnail boots. They, don't, they just don't. And they certainly don't wear, like, a kilt and a vest. Maybe at the Highland Games, that might be... The literal, literal even, exception to the rule. But I know a lot of Scots, that's also an acceptable uh, shortened phrase. Scots, not scotch, not like the drink. Um, And that's only too lazy for you to say whiskey, you know, single malt whiskey. Oh. So this, it appears that this rant has gone from uh, a moan about tea and how the Americans make tea to a full-on anti-American page. And it's not intended in that way, but, you know, just do things properly. Stop bullsing it up. Stop changing words and pretending that you've got links back to William Wallace. You haven't. You haven't. It's like, I'm related to Genghis Khan, apparently. Am I, though? I'm really, really good with a bow on horseback whilst murdering thousands of people. That's it's a family trait, actually. So, yeah. That's how ridiculous it sounds when you say you're 19th generation Scottish. Piss off. Anyway... Moving swiftly on, I think we'll stick a pin in that because that was literally asking the question of why they're so stupid. Um, But now we're going to move on. We're going to bring it back to tea and we're going to talk about a wonderful invention that has changed the course of British history and it's called the kettle. So let's talk about that right now. The kettle is an interesting concept. Um, And when I say it's changed the course of British history, I mean British history because it would appear that nowhere else in the world knows what a kettle is. 
with a few exceptions, of course. But I mean, I we we were watching a a television program drama series um, the other week, uh, and the program was Mayor of East Town, and. The reason I bring this up is because the lead actress is Kate Winslet, who is quintessentially British, although she plays an American detective lady in that particular show. There was a scene in it when she was all stressed out and there was a kettle there and she put the kettle on. And I said to my lovely wife-to-be, I wonder if they have put a kettle there because Kate Winslet is British and probably doesn't drink coffee. She's like, I want tea. So I will make a cup of tea on the programme. And that is the first, I think, to my knowledge and my recollection, the first time I have seen a character on American television make a proper cup of tea. Now, for those of our global audience that are listening who don't quite know what a kettle is, in Japan, the literal translation for kettle, uh, the word escapes me because I don't speak Japanese, but I do know that the English translation literally translates it as electricity pot. So it's a, it's a pot that you fill with water and inside it has a heating element. Sometimes the whole bottom of the kettle is the heating element. And you plug it into the wall and press the button. And then within a minute or two, you have completely boiled water. It's like really quick. And before electric kettles, we had... Um, oven top kettles. I don't know steam kettles. I suppose is a is a better way. Although steam does come out of an electric kettle, but basically it were they were like half moon shaped or half a sphere shaped, and they had a handle obviously. And you would put it on top of the cooker. You'd fill it with water and turn the hob on. Um, and then when it was boiled, the steam would create a whistle. Apologies for any of you that have got dogs listening. Um, and then you know your kettle was bored. Perfect. And then electricity bettered that. It just made it better and more convenient for us. So what baffles me is in a land of convenience and laziness, generalising, obviously, how they don't have kettles. I mean, even making pasta, you don't have to, like... Use a kettle, boil the water, put the boiled water into the pan, then put the pan straight on the hob, and it's already boiling. You can have boiling water in two minutes. Two minutes. Unreal. Quick, simple, and easy. And it changed the course of British history, because we can now have a kettle. We can have big kettles, travel kettles. Now there's there's an underrated thing. You will never see a British person go on holiday without a travel kettle and a little bag of PG tips or Tetley or Yorkshire tea because we just don't go anywhere without tea because 
when you go abroad as a Brit, you go, oh, we'll go down to the little convenience store. Oh, what do we need? We need, oh, tea, milk, sugar, biscuits. Um, what else do we need? Oh, yeah, probably some crisps or something. Nothing useful, obviously. It's junk food. And then you go and you, you crisps. You get late. What are Lay's crisps? Oh, yeah, they're a bit like Walkers, I suppose. But they've got weird flavours like, you know, paprika and cheese or something. You know, and you go, oh, yeah, that's probably the closest to cheese and onion. We'll get those. They've always got Cheetos. They always seem to have Cheetos abroad. We don't see them very often here in the UK. Um, and then you go in and you go... Oh, yeah, tea. Oh, I haven't really got tea. It's, oh, fruit tea. Oh, no, disgusting. Not having that. Oh, herbal tea. What's that? No, not having that. And then it'll, there'll be a little tiny box and it will say, like, Twining's English breakfast tea. And technically, our tea is tea it's just tea it's not english breakfast tea it's tea proper tea like grown in india and china in fact i think the phrase not for all the tea in china is a bit of a misnomer i think a lot of our tea comes from india and sri lanka and places like that but anyway it's proper tea there's no there's no peppermint there's no Job jobber or whatever it's called, it's tea. And you'll go to these little convenience stores in Spain or Greece or something, and they've got always got one sachet left, and that's not good enough. And even when you make a tea with said sachet, it will still taste terrible. It is not the same. It is just not the same as the tea that we have here. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know why. It's probably got something to do with empire building and tyrannical, oppressive regimes. But, you know, I was born in 1984, so I'm not really interested in that. I just want a cup of tea. So I will always travel abroad with a little, little packet of tea bags. Also, going back to the sachet in the shop... The sachet will contain one of those posh tea bags that has a little string and a cardboard tag on it. The handle, for those of you that don't um, don't recall that conversation a minute ago. But none of this would be possible without the kettle, the travel kettle. Because, as Bill Bailey quite put, most hotel, uh, quite eloquently put, a few years back in one of his stand-up DVD extras, he did the tour, and... Hotels in this country, they have tea and coffee making facilities. Hotels abroad don't seem to have that. Sometimes you'll get coffee and um, coffee making facilities, but it's not the same because it's it's a percolator, um, not a kettle. You can't make tea in a percolator. The water doesn't even get hot enough in a percolator for a cup of tea. It's all wrong. So we need travel kettles. And they're a wonderful little invention. And even, like, even during a war, when we crossed the border into Iraq many, many years ago, a few of my mates backed me up on this, we still needed tea. Luckily, in the ration packs, there's tea. It's not great tea, but it's tea nonetheless. 
And you needed to brew up, so you'd get your little hexamine stove out or your little gas pocket rocket stove, and you need to boil the kettle. And, you know, tea's a very, very important part of the British military culture. In fact, I'm pretty sure that most military types don't trust people that don't drink tea, and I'm inclined to agree with them. There's always something mistrusting about people that don't drink tea. But again, I come back to it, none of it is possible without the kettle. So why aren't there more kettles in America? Because with a kettle, you can make almost anything that requires hot water. Pot noodles, that's another thing, great invention. And great for kettle usage. Super noodles, you need boiling water for that. Great, stick them in a the microwave. Oh, you love a microwave, don't you? America. But, uh, yeah, this feels like a very, very anti-American podcast. It's really not. America, you've got a lot of great stuff going for you. Like, um, like McDonald's, that came out of America. The Die Hard movies, they came out of America. Um, and... Yeah, that's you've got a lot of good stuff going for you right there. Um, yep, freest nation in the world. Let's not go there. We won't, we won't talk about that right now. Kettles, what fun they are. Moving swiftly on... I'd like to briefly discuss the intricacies of milk. So, milk, milky, milky, milk. Milk comes from cows. There's no secret to that. It literally comes from cows. Cows are a magical animal that produce very, very tasty meat and very, very tasty milk. Now, there are people out there that don't like milk. I'm not one of those. I quite literally drink it by the pint. But when we're talking about tea, there is only three acceptable types of milk. There is whole milk, semi-skimmed milk, and skimmed milk. Whole milk has a blue lid or what used to be a silver cap on a glass bottle and it's got all the cream and all the goodness in and it comes straight out of the cow and it gets pasteurised which was a process invented by Louis Pasteur whereby all the bacteria is removed from it yet maintaining the goodness. And then it gets bottled and refrigerated and sold and put into your fridge. Semi-skimmed milk goes through the same process, but they add water, a certain percentage of water, clean water, I hasten to add, which waters it down slightly. And then skimmed milk is basically white, white water. It's very, very weak has virtually no flavour and generally the only people that use it are probably geography teachers 
But yeah, no one uses skimmed milk. Um, so yeah, the blue and the green milk are the two most widely accepted types of milk to use in tea. The red milk to a lesser extent. Now, some people go, what about coconut milk? What about almond milk? Oh, it's lovely. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. You're only saying it's lovely out of principle. Nobody likes it. Everybody thinks it's weird. And it definitely does not belong in tea. Stop putting it in tea. I'm talking to you, America. Cow milk. Unsweetened cow milk. I don't know if if you Americans understand the concept of something unsweetened. When I was in the States last, I bought milk and it had sugar in it. Not lactose, which is a natural sugar that comes from milk. It had actual sugar in it. They'd sweetened, pre-sweetened the milk. Why are you doing that? It doesn't need it. Crying out loud. Anyway, it's quite simple. Right, and when we make tea, right, if you are drinking tea from a teapot and the tea is brewed in the teapot, this is vitally important, and you're using a china teacup, not a mug, a china teacup, the milk goes into the cup first. Right. This is not even controversial. That is the correct way to make tea with a china cup from a teapot. The reason that we put the milk in first is because the cool milk prevents the hot water from cracking the bone china. That is a thing, right? Now, everyone's going, oh, no, never put milk in first. Right, that's correct. When you're making tea in a mug, it's slightly different because you need to brew the tea before you add the milk. So when you put it into a teacup, the tea's already brewed and you're adding the brewed tea to the milk. That's fine because they mix. Right, now, when you make tea in a mug... This is the steps that you follow. One, take your tea bag from your royally approved tea containing device. One tea bag per cup. No more, no less. Put the dry tea bag into the dry cup. If any of the drinkers opt for sugar or sweetener this is the point where you add the sweetener or the sugar into the dry cup so that in there you've got a cup which is a mug but we're just saying a cup for this purposes dry mug dry tea bag and optional sugar that's it don't do anything else wait for your kettle to boil Simple. Let the kettle boil. Don't do anything else. Just stand and watch it. They say a watch pot never boils. That's not true of a kettle because they boil really quickly. Once it clicks or whistles, however 
whatever kettle you're using. You can even, if you don't, if you're in America, in say Mississippi or Washington or Dakota or Alaska, that's a state, I know, but whatever. So it's Dakota, whatever. But whatever, if you're in America and you don't have a kettle, you can boil water on your hob, but the water must be boiled. Not microwaved. Don't be lazy. Boil it properly in a kettle or on the hob. Once it is boiled, turn it off. When it's stopped being violently boiling and it's just really, really hot water, pour it gently onto the tea bag. Now, pour it onto the tea bag. What this will do is it causes so the water seals the tea bag and it it causes it to inflate and it'll float on the top of your water if you pour the water directly on top of it. Right. Pour it slowly on top of it and that acts a little bit like a percolator filter. So all the tea gets strong sort of instantly. And then leave about half an inch from the top of the cup. This is optional, how much you leave from the top of the cup. But leave a gap at the top of the cup. Once you've done that to all your teas, you then take a teaspoon. Have you ever wondered why it's called a teaspoon? Because it's for making tea. Put it into your cup. Squeeze the air out of the tea bag. Stir the tea bag in the water gently, otherwise, you'll split it and get leaves in your water. Keep stirring, keep stirring. Now, as a rule, you should not be able to see the head of your spoon at the bottom of the cup. That's my rule of thumb when I make tea. That's how you know it's good and strong enough. Then, do that to all your teas. Finally, Remove the milk from your refrigerator. Remove the cap and pour in a bit of milk. Not loads of milk. You don't want to make your tea really silly milky, but it needs to be quite milky. The phone's ringing. Let me get the phone and we will resume. I'm back because I had to answer the phone. It was someone booking an appointment that wanted another fantastic haircut by the Blackbeard's Barbers. So obviously I have booked him in for a fantastic haircut with the Blackbeard's Barbers. Anyway, back to tea. We've got to the point where we've added the milk to the cup, but not too much milk. It is optional. Some people like a really milky tea. And if it's really strong tea, but it's got a lot of milk in it, in Britain, we call that builder's tea because they like to neck their tea on site. In Scotland, they call it baby tea. Baby tea. I remember going to... I was at the Edinburgh Tattoo. And there was a little tea van. We were performing. And um, I said to the, the lady on the thing, oh, can I have, can I have a, a milky tea, please? Ah, a baby tea. Well, a builder's tea. Hey, a baby tea. So that was me. I was baby tea guy for a month. Yeah, so... Um, but generally, most people don't like it too milky, but also you don't want, like, no milk in it because it's 
it's too it becomes too bitter. So there's a sweet spot on how much milk you want. So you get your milk in anyway. Then you continue to stir, and then here's the trick: you squeeze the tea bag using the teaspoon, the teaspoon. You squeeze the bag against the side of the cup, releasing all of the final goodness from said tea bag. You then discard tea bag into the bin, stir your tea one final time, and there it's made. Now, it's taken me about 10 minutes to explain how to make a cup of tea. It literally takes 30 seconds, especially once you get proficient at it. But that is how we make tea. And that just about concludes the intricacies of milk, I think, and everything that goes with it. It's not rocket science. Come on, people. Let's get it right. So a couple of things has happened over the course of me recording this podcast. Firstly, I can't believe that I have managed to fill a half hour podcast of me waffling effectively about tea and how to make it that seems somewhat ridiculous I just got a funny look from a woman through the window because I think she thinks I'm talking to myself I'm just having a sip of my tea that I made while recording this podcast because it made me fancy another cup of tea Something else which I've realised is that I seem to have some uh, some pent-up anger towards the Americans, which is a little unfair because, you know, it's not their fault, is it? I mean, you know, basically, if America hadn't gone all look at me I'm independent then they would have still been under British rule probably not now because we gave all the countries away but they would have still been under British rule and if the Boston Tea Party hadn't happened for those of you that don't know all the ships that used to import the tea to America well not all of them but most of them a lot of them would go into Boston Harbour and then someone got upset about something I think someone put the milk in first and then the Americans they threw all the tea into the harbour and they ruined it ruined tea's ruined now that was a you know, silly thing to do because it was a lot of tea wasted. And fish don't like tea. So imagine the sea life it kills. Irresponsible. Can we cancel America for killing the marine life at the Boston Tea Party? Uh, probably not. Uh, it's probably There's probably a statute of limitations on these things. Anyway. So I might talk about some... I quite often see these posts on um, on Facebook and that is, you know, 25 things that the Americans find weird that the rest of the world does. Well, I might actually do a podcast of 25 things that the rest of the world find weird that Americans do. That 
that actually might be quite a good podcast. Yeah, I'll do that. It might be a long one though. I don't know if it'll be 25. It'll be a list of things. Anyway, but I have to say, you know, I'm not, I'm genuinely not being anti-American. I'm just being facetious. Is it facetious or pedantic? I'm not sure. I'm sure someone will tell me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm continuing to waffle, even though this is the outro for the podcast, um, which is the opposite of an intro, obviously. It's been quite good fun having a rant about tea. I'd like to hear people's thoughts on it, actually. Let's um, tell me how you make tea if you think I'm wrong. If you think I'm wrong, then you are wrong. That's that's it. There's the gauntlet laid down. But, um, yeah, stay tuned, guys. And uh, keep your ears peeled for the next episode of Blackbeard's Babble. Don't forget to jump over to Facebook. You can follow Headingham Cuts on Facebook. That's actually the shop page. But on Instagram, you can follow us at the Blackbeard's Barbers UK. No, cancel that. It's actually at Blackbeard Barbers UK. We took the out of it because there's no need. But you can also follow us on Spotify. Just search for Blackbeard's Babble. And we do have a little bit of YouTube content as well, which is Blackbeard's Barbers. It's all the same logo. You'll find us with our wonderful patched pirate be uh, in front of the scissors and compass. Um... So yeah, check out our other stuff and uh, we look forward to speaking with you very soon. Take care guys. Peace out.